The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Mari Llewellyn, and I'm the host of the Pursuit of Wellness podcast. A couple of years ago, I went through a huge transformation. And although I got a lot of attention for losing weight and discovering my passion for weightlifting, there was a lot more to that before and after than what a few pics could ever capture. On the Pursuit of Wellness, you can expect tons of information from experts about optimizing your body and mind. I'll also be sharing some triumphs and struggles from my own personal life. I'm on this journey with you, so you can definitely count on my podcast to give you that weekly dose of encouragement we all need as we pursue things that make us feel our very best inside and out. Tune into the Pursuit of Wellness every week wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Mariana. I'm the co-founder of Summer Fridays and host of the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I wanted to compile a bunch of things that I've learned over the last three years of having a podcast. This week, I'm celebrating three years and over 165 episodes. I cannot believe that I've uploaded that many times, and I want to celebrate this with you guys. So thank you so much for following along. And I also just started a new Instagram handle where I'm going to post all things about the podcast. So if you want to follow there, it's just at Life with Mariana. And I want to tell you about a little giveaway I'm doing for you guys. This week's life update is a little bit busier than usual because I feel like the last week was just really hectic in the best way. And I think it's totally normal to feel two things at the same time. I was excited. I was happy. I felt honored. I was grateful, but I was also really stressed. I was anxious. I was tired at the same time. Um, you guys know I love my aura ring and there's a new feature on there recently in the last couple of weeks they added about stress. And one of the days it said I was stressed seven hours and 45 minutes. And my average is usually like an hour and a half to two and a half hours of stress every day. And so I found that it was just like running on adrenaline of all of these positive things. And so it was a really great week, but I definitely had a day where I had to leave something a little bit early. I'm like, I feel so anxious. I just need to do some breath work and meditate and sit and just not be around people for a few minutes because it was overwhelming in the best way possible, but it definitely was like getting to me where I'm like, okay, this weekend I need a full day to myself. So going back to last week, I told you in last week's episode, we were going to Harvard Business School to speak and it was such an honor. So we had spoke there once before and we were so honored to be invited back to speak again. The first day we were actually the keynote speakers at a luxury and retail conference. They had so many people there that day and they were all presenting and speaking and we closed out the conference with just two of us with someone from Harvard Business School. It was such an honor to talk about our career journey, our business, lessons that we learned and hopefully inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs. And then the next day we spoke to a smaller group and it was really intimate. It was the same kind of setting that we spoke in last year. It was inside of a classroom. It was for the health and wellness club and it was really intimate and we spoke about our business, but this time we got to do a Q and A with everybody afterwards and I actually started crying towards the end of it. Someone asked a story about like who had championed us or what kind of mentors that we had. And I told the story about how Jen Atkin from Way was somebody who offered some help to us in the beginning of Summer Fridays to make an intro to Sephora, actually. And I was just saying if that there's somebody in your life that you could pay it forward for. And so I was telling them, I was like, if somebody comes to you in 10 years from now and they want an intro, they want help or something, it doesn't cost you anything to help them out. And so I was like, I hope this story inspires you to help the next generation that comes after you. And so 
it really just made my eyes water a little bit because just thinking back to the moment and how far we've come since that moment. So that would have been in the end of 2017. That was six years ago now that Jen did that for us. And that was so nice of her to offer that. And so it just made me like choke up a little bit. After that, we made our way to New York and we went to the CW Awards. So the CW Awards are kind of more like industry. It's not so much external. Like Allure, I think, is something for consumers to see. It's in the magazine. Well, the former magazine and it's online. And then CW is really for industry. Like executives come and CEOs. And I remember the first time we went, we got a nomination for uh, indie skincare product and we won for jet lag mask and when we walked into the room we had no idea what the room was going to be like and we were so overwhelmed we just like felt like oh my gosh we're such newbies here and everyone was so kind to us and it was just such an honor to win that first year and so to be nominated again this year it was for best lip product and we walked into the room and to feel how different it feels now five years later from our first nomination just felt a little bit different because we felt like we were walking to a room with peers this time instead of feeling like such newbies we're still new definitely to the beauty industry but we felt like okay we've been here a few times like we have friends and community here and they were reading off the nominations for this category and they were reading off brands and products that I love and I was like oh we were like a little bit nervous and then they announced us as winners for best lip product and lip butter bomb is such an incredible product so here is when we found out that we won in the speech that we gave. And the winner is Summer Friday. Woo! So thank you so much to CEW. The first time we came here was a few years ago. I remember walking into this room feeling so overwhelmed here for the first time and being honored for Jet Lag Mask. And now a few years later, we really see you guys as peers. And so thank you so much for welcoming us into the beauty industry. It really is such a beautiful community. We talk often about how grateful we are to be a part of it. I think it says so much about everyone in the room that we've always felt so included and supportive. And there's so much passion in here. I also want to give a special shout out to our team. A lot of our team is here. Nothing that we do is possible without, in our totally unbiased opinion, the best team in the industry. Also, thank you to Sephora, who took a bet on us almost six years ago. We're just, we're so appreciative and so grateful to be here. So thank you, everyone. Thank you. It was so nice to be honored by the industry in this way. So it's actually voted on by 7,000 people who work in the beauty industry. So these really truly are your peers who work at other companies who appreciate what you're doing at your brand. And yeah, I was just like, I kind of blacked out a little bit and went on stage and gave our speech. After that, I went to the APL store opening in New York. It's open now in Soho. You guys know those are my favorite sneakers. Zip lines are my favorite. It's such a beautiful store. If you guys are in the area in Soho, you definitely have to stop by. And then I made my way back to Los Angeles. So it was such a busy week. And that was my life update for this week. And I'm so honored that you guys have been listening to the podcast for the last three years. So thank you so much. And I hope that you love this episode. I just want to say a little thank you and send a thank you to some of you for supporting the podcast because it means so much. So to celebrate three years, I want to do a couple giveaways. One larger giveaway I'm going to do is if you follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star rating and review, at the end of your review, leave your Instagram handle and I'll pick five of you to send something to as a thank you. Another giveaway that I'll do is if you just subscribe to my podcast on Apple or Spotify and screenshot that you're listening to this episode, just post it on your Instagram stories. I'll send another 10 of you a gift. So I would love if you guys just make sure you're subscribed or followed and leave a review if you are loving the show. And you can also leave a five-star rating on Spotify. You just have had to listen to an episode, but if you're listening to this, you can. And it just means so much to support the show in that way. 
So I can't believe that it has been three years of the podcast. I did this and I started it in the pandemic because I had some time at home and I was like, I have such an amazing network of peers and friends and people that I'm just generally interested in that I can go to to ask for advice who really are great resources to me that I wanted to take that information and share it with you guys. I have so many different areas of my life, like being a creator, being a brand founder, and being somebody who just loves all things wellness and self-care. So I kind of took all of those things and brought it to you guys. But instead of being somebody who's just interviewing people, I feel like I'm interviewing them as a peer. And these are actually questions I want to know that I can apply to my own life as a creator, my own life as a founder. And I hope that those help you as well. It's been so inspiring and motivating to hear how these episodes have changed your life or inspired or motivated you in some way. And it really just makes it so meaningful for me. So I've uploaded like 165 episodes now, which is pretty crazy. And last year for the holidays, I took two weeks off for the first time. So I basically never missed a Tuesday in the last three years. And I do this just for you guys because I just really, really, truly love creating this type of content. It feels so different for me from what I post on Instagram. And it's just a longer form piece of content. I love that you guys listen to me on your drive to work, on your walks, while you exercise, while you get ready or cook. And I love seeing where you guys listen to these. So thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your life. So in this episode, I wanted to kind of recap a few of the things that I've learned over the last year. Some of my favorite guests across manifesting, career, learning from failure and being a creator. So for all of these episodes, I will link them in the show notes, but you guys can go back and listen to so many different podcast episodes that I have on Spotify. I've started sorting them into playlists. And then I'm also going to make a new life with Mariana Instagram handle so that you can see all of the podcast information there. Let's get into the first episode that I think you guys might want to learn from. I wanted to start this episode by sharing some of my favorite clips from some wellness experts that I really love. Talk about self-care, manifesting, and all things that I help inspire or improve your life some way. One of the first episodes that I wanted to share with you that you guys loved this year was from Roxy Nafusi. She's an author of a book that's all about manifesting, and she had such amazing tips. I asked her all about how do we align our behaviors to manifest and become the person we want to grow into. There's kind of a few different elements to this step. So One of it is exactly what you say, which is just to show up as the person that you want to become. And there's a phrase in the book that I say, which is like, fake it till you become it, which is really all about that. It's about thinking about what the future you would do. So I believe within all of us, we close our eyes. We know there's the highest version of ourselves within, in in, you know, the most empowered version of ourselves, a version of ourselves we aspire to be. So it's not even about being someone else but it's about being the best us and we can visualize that person and we can think about what that person does day to day how they show up how they walk into a room how they you know treat other people how they allow themselves to be treated that's a you know really one one part of it the other part of it is really that this step is all about taking action it's about um, stepping outside your comfort zone creating the change that you want to see in your life and I think it's important because you know, there is this misconception that manifesting is just, you know, make a pretty vision board, think about what you want, and then wait for it to happen. And that's absolutely not what it is. You know, there is no substitute for hard work. And this really, you know, I always say that if remove fear and doubt is much more about this nurturing feminine energy, and I would just mean in energy types, align your behavior has got much more of that kind of like masculine energy, where it's much more about the doing, the momentum, the motivation, the drive. And 
I would say the last part of this step as well is about your daily routines, your habits. And that's why wellness is such a big part of manifestation, because if we're manifesting, we subconsciously believe we're worthy of receiving. then I believe that everything that we do every day and every moment is a reflection of our self-worth. That means how we treat ourselves, what we're putting in our bodies, how we're moving it. Everything reflects how worthy we feel of abundance, love, happiness, success, joy. And so it's really about our daily habits as well. What are some of your daily habits that help you in aligning your behavior? So for sure, using affirmations like throughout the day. Well, I always start like first thing when I open my eyes, today is going to be an incredible day. I'm open to opportunities. I can handle anything that comes my way. I am magnetic. You know, those are like my morning affirmations. And anytime I'm taking myself into a situation where I'm nervous or stressed or, you know, whether I'm about to go on stage or, you know, go into a important meeting, whatever it is. But also for me, it's like I take all my supplements. I exercise, you know, I don't exercise every day, but I try three times a week. I always make sure I get some fresh air. I get, which by the way, for people in LA, I'm sure it's normal. But for us in the UK, we have to force ourselves out the house when when it's raining and cloudy all the time. But, you know, little things like that for me are what just keep me feeling my best every day. I have to tell you guys about one of my newest obsessions. Well, drinking protein powders and shakes and stuff is not new for me, but finding one that I actually love and I like the taste is very new for me. So I have to tell you guys about Clean Simple Eats. Usually I find that protein powders has this chalky aftertaste, but Clean Simple Eats is different. It's so creamy and smooth with absolutely zero chalkiness. And you guys, these flavors are so good. I love the chocolate peanut butter one because it actually tastes like dessert and I can drink it anytime from in the morning with something like an avocado, spinach, almond base, or I mix it with some oatmeal for a little afternoon sweet treat they have 26 delicious all natural flavors and you really cannot go wrong with any of them they have classic ones like vanilla and chocolate but they also have unique flavors like german chocolate cake coconut cream and the one that i love chocolate peanut butter one of the things that i love most about clean simple eats is their high ingredient standards their protein powder is always grass-fed with no artificial ingredients it's third-party tested non-gmo and gluten-free visit cleansimpleeats.com and use code mariana at checkout for 20 percent off your first order that's cleansimpleeats.com code mariana for 20 percent off your first order. If you're into manifesting, I actually talked to Liz Tran about this as well. She's an author and executive coach, and she had such great advice, and I would definitely recommend picking up her book. I love manifestation, and I think it's a a kind of loaded word. People are often like, okay, is this like me making a vision board or is this me journaling? What does this actually mean? And so just to define it, it's about being clear in stating what it is that you want out of the universe and then actually putting the sort of work behind it to make sure that you get there. And that's the internal work as well as the external work. And the first part, it's a three-part process. The first part is visualization. So that is getting clear on what you want. And just as I mentioned that, you know, all founders, I treat them like high-performance athletes This is something that athletes have been doing for so long is visualizing their success. So Michael Phelps, when he was swimming in races, he would visualize every race almost a hundred times, even before he got into the pool, because by the time he got to the actual race, he would have won it a hundred times in his head and he would show up so calm and so relaxed. And so this is something that, you know, football teams do 
West Point cadets do, they get really crisp and sharp on, you know, the full sensory experience of what it is they want. And so for my clients, when they're telling me that they have a business goal, I have them describe it in detail, like every single little detail they can think of so that it starts to become familiar to them where they see it as a real possibility. And so I want, you know, if you're interested in manifestation, then write down your vision, write down what it is that you want and read it to yourself every day so that it starts to become second nature to you. And then the second step of it is around building confidence. So to get what you want, then you have to also believe that it's true for you, believe that you can do it. And I think a lot of us feel like confidence has to be earned, that we can feel good about ourselves when we've gotten the goal. But what I want to really stress here is that we actually need confidence going in, in the beginning, because that's going to be our fuel when things get hard. And so building your confidence bank account is a way to think about it where, you know, when things that take a peg to your self-esteem happen, then your bank account decreases. When you have wins and achievements, then your bank account goes up and you can actually manage that. And so making sure that you're noting all of your wins and achievements, it can be as easy as every night before you go to bed, you just write down three things that you did really well that day. And I have some of my clients do this and it's so hard for them because their internal dialogue is so programmed into criticism and focusing on what they did wrong that day. And so this is a way of rewiring our negativity bias. And instead of thinking, oh, I'm so flawed. There's so much for me to do. We start to remind ourselves that we are capable. We are talented. We are good enough. And then finally, the third step is around gratitude. And it seems weird because you're trying to manifest something that you want, but it is equally important when you're manifesting to be grateful and aware of everything that you have in the current moment. There's something called the law of attraction, which basically states that the more you train your mind to a certain way of thinking, the more of that you'll get. So if you see a lot of joy and love in your life, you're going to attract that into your life. If you think that everyone is out to get you and the world is an unlucky, unfortunate place, you're going to receive more of that. You're going to attract that to yourself. And so by having a regular gratitude practice, then you are actually attracting more synchronicities and more lucky things to happen to you. One of my favorite anecdotes is that Oprah actually kept a gratitude list for 10 years. And it was the decade when her career was most exponentially growing. And, you know, she said, even on days where it was so tough to write down things she was grateful for, she still did it. And then even when she had, you know, achieved a lot, she still did it anyway, because that gratitude created even more beneficial things that came into her life. So just very simply, it's what's your vision? What are you grateful for? And then building that confidence in yourself. From guests like Roxy Nafusi and Liz Tran, they talk about gratitude and it's something that I talk about in many, many episodes. And you guys know I love my gratitude list. I did a solo episode this year about the 10 habits that I felt changed my life. And one of those is around my morning gratitude practice. And one of the habits that's really changed my life that I include mostly in my morning routine, sometimes in my evening, is practicing gratitude every day. I think it's so important to have a gratitude mindset and whether you want to do this at morning or at night, whether you're physically writing it down or just thinking it to yourself, it's really great to remember the things that were great about your day or things that you're looking forward to. And 
I tend to, you know, overschedule myself and be a little bit busy and it's something I'm working on. But instead of thinking I have to do these things today, my gratitude journal reminds me that I get to do these things today. And I have my gratitude journal literally next to me right now. And a lot of the things that I write on here are the same things every day, but I don't want to take those things for granted. So one of the things are my health, my wellness, my mobility, all my senses, my immune system. Like these are things that we don't think about every single day, but it just gets us through life. And maybe when you haven't felt your best, you're like, oh man, like I miss the days that I was feeling like myself. And so I really want to practice gratitude every day for those things, for the people in my life, for the opportunities that I have, and then really looking back. And that's why I physically like writing it down. So I like writing down in my journal and then just going back through and like flipping through the pages like, wow, I was so grateful for that thing that that one day. So usually I try to write like five things down that I'm grateful for every day. If something is on my mind, I'll jot something a little bit longer. If I'm thinking of someone, I'll send like love or like a note to them. And so practicing gratitude is really important. So I like to start my day with it. Sometimes I end my day with it. So I reflect back on my day, but whatever works for you. And then I like to do the same thing when I get into bed at night. So when I get into bed at night, I'll think about 10 things that I'm grateful for. And I just start thinking them out loud. And I usually don't even get to 10 before I fall asleep. So it's a really nice exercise to go to sleep with a positive mindset. So that was a look back on some of my favorite episodes and clips about manifesting and gratitude, which is a huge part of this podcast over the last few years. A few years ago, when we started working on this idea for a skincare line, I just was thinking about so many different things that an online shop just felt really overwhelming for me. And now that I know how to sell products online, it is so easy because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you at every stage of your business, from the launch your own online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're promoting protein powders or selling some supplements, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mariana, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mariana now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mariana. Another area of this podcast that I love to talk about is career, business, being a content creator, and to inspire you and your life in another way outside of wellness and self-care. One of the lessons that I learned this year was from Valeria. And I know that many of us may feel like we tried something and it didn't work out. And how can we overcome that and try something again? So Valeria has amazing tips on a business that she chose to close and what she learned from that. I think a lot of people might be going through that. Maybe not you know, a business, but it could be a relationship, a job of ending something where they think, okay, I thought I wanted this thing. I don't want it. How do you be comfortable ending something that maybe you thought like, oh, this was the dream thing that I wanted, but now I have to move on from this chapter? I think it was very, it just felt so right in my gut. Like I couldn't explain it. I'm a very self-aware person. Something that I work on a lot is just being really brutally honest with myself and be able to evaluate you know, how I feel and, you know, what's going on around me. And when I took that time away and I really stepped away and I gave myself that thinking space and I asked all these questions without anyone's opinions and without, and then ask myself, okay, what are my goals for next year or two years or three years? You know, where do I see myself? 
I've realized that this thing just didn't fit. Like it just, it holds me back. It's not pushing me forward. So the answer was very clear. And yes, I had to kind of go back and forth with my ego, but at the end of the day, it just, it made so much sense. I didn't want my ego to hold me back either. So I think that just like creating that thinking space and asking like real questions that only you can answer, that does not depend on anyone else's feelings or someone else will react is really helps you to understand where you need to go. I feel like you probably learned so many lessons and it doesn't mean you won't start another one. Who knows? Like in a year or five years, you might do it all over again and you'll take Mm -hmm. the things that you learn from them. So what is like the biggest thing you learned this time that you think, okay, I'm not going to do this next time? Definitely asking the questions like, you know, I love what you said about summer Fridays and what the question you asked yourself before you putting something out there or telling a certain story. It's really all about longevity. What is the, what is the goal? What do we want to get to? Is it a legacy brand? Is it something we want to, you know, a hot potato? Like there's different scenarios, right? So asking those questions. We didn't have time to ask those questions. We were just like, okay, there's all this demand. Let's try to catch up. And then I think that that's honestly the first. I feel like that would have dictated a lot of things. Something else that I've learned is I'm actually really happy with the experience that I've had because it was in a very tough industry. Fashion is such a hard business. And we work with a lot of fashion, you know, partners, and I have such a better understanding of how all of this works that we just operate differently now, you know, with our brand partners, because we understand the process. And I think that whatever my next business will be, I'm just going to come in a, with a lot of small little nuggets of wisdom and, and just from a very like different place. And whether you're like Valeria and you had an opportunity that you either wanted to no longer do or a business that closed or you were let go from a job and you need a pivot in your career or your life or you're just trying to figure out what the next step is. I talked to Jacqueline Johnson about this and she had such great advice. If you're looking for somebody that's just trying to figure out what is my dream job? One of my best friends right now, she's trying to figure out what her dream career is. And she's realized now like her dream career is the job that makes her money, that gives her enough free time to enjoy the things she wants to do that aren't monetized on nights and weekends. So now she's realized my dream job isn't that I have to spend my time working doing this thing. It's that in my free time, I get to do the stuff I actually like to do. Exactly. Like I think I think that's so true. I think you could be doing something you absolutely love, but then your life is miserable for different reasons, you know? So I think it's about figuring out the secret sauce of like what makes for you personally. And whether it's a dream job or a career path in general, what if you have a really hard time figuring out what that even might be? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it is hard to figure out. Like I think it's sometimes it's sort of the plans that you don't make that end up being the job that you get. Right. Like I never was like, I'm going to start a women's conference business. Like it just kind of happened out of nowhere. But I I think it's from experience, honestly, like doing a lot of different things, having, you know, different jobs, paying attention to those other positions at those jobs, thinking about what you're interested in, and then like going and learning and doing and and being involved in those communities and then figuring out from there. And then about learning and doing, how do you figure out what your skill set is? And then how do you hone in on them to make them something that's valuable when you are applying for something? Yeah, I mean, I always joke, but I always say I went to YouTube University when it comes to being a, a business owner. But truly, I had no business experience. Like I was the creative always. Like that was my career path prior to being an entrepreneur was strategy, creative, social media, et cetera. And getting thrown into the business seat, I was like, 
okay, great. What's a P&L stand for? You know, all those different things. So I really taught myself and I think we're in this new time period where access to this information is so easy, whereas it used to not be, that you can really teach yourself a lot of different things. There's so many online courses you can take to make you, you know, more proficient in certain applications, make you, you know, a better businesswoman overarchingly. So I say take advantage of all of that access. I think, you know, formal education is important, but I don't think it's as important as the skills that you can teach yourself these days. I think you learn so much more on the job now because there's only so much in school. And I think because how fast technology, social, mm-hmm. everything, marketing is moving, that's almost like by the time you finish school and you it's get into the job. So it's like you really need to learn just by doing. Yes. And so it's like maybe taking a step back in your career to have your dream job and being okay with maybe an entry-level job or trying something new because you're not going to start at your dream level. Yes, you are not. You are not. But yeah, I think that's so important. Dip your toe. Figure out what you like. There's a couple different things I have to tell you guys about. So one is that Thanksgiving is here. And if you are prepping and doing things for kitchen or things that you might need to be able to tackle everything from roasting the perfect turkey to baking pumpkin pie, there are so many things that you guys can find at Macy's.com slash Holiday Hub. And don't forget the home decor too, because it really just sets the whole holiday vibe. So they've got everything from candles to leafy patterns, cozy knit throws, and so much more. And if you need something ASAP, which I'm sorry, that's me because sometimes I wait to the very last minute to do things, you guys can order same day delivery powered by DoorDash. So you guys can pick up in store or pick up curbside. And because the holidays are in full swing right after Thanksgiving, it's time to get all of that holiday shopping done. You can get all the inspo that you need on Macy's.com. And they've got so many different ways to search for gifts like shop by price. So you can shop for budget, whether it's $25, $50 or Lux. I end up shopping for so many different people and things in my life. So sometimes I'm looking for a gift for a coworker. I'll look for something between like $25 and $50. We usually set a limit for what we want to buy for other people. Or if I'm shopping for my family and friends, I'll go Lux. They also have amazing gift lists. So it's all curated for the different personalities in your life. If someone loves the spa or they love advent calendars or a big sports fan, Macy's has got you covered. Your favorite influencers even have curated gift lists. You guys can also shop by category like beauty, fragrance, jewelry, and watches. They've also got handbags, accessories, and more. I find it so easy to shop by list because they have so many amazing things on the site. It's just way easier to sort. So check out macy's.com slash gift finder to find that perfect present. Jacqueline's advice is amazing if you're thinking about pivoting a career or having a different career change, but a lot of people I know now are thinking about becoming content creators or doing this on nights and weekends as a side job or a hobby, and there's no one better to ask about this than Jackie Ina. I want to ask some advice for aspiring creators because you've been a creator for so long. You've evolved your personal brand, and now you have a brand and business there are people who look up to you. What advice would you give to new creators now to think about creating content in the space and then to have longevity? Because I think it's not that it's easy, but it is easier now on TikTok because of the way that like the algorithm can push content to go viral, but having long-term success as an influencer is difficult. So do you have any tips for longevity? Oh yeah. My advice is to always be mindful. The quickest way to build your audience is not necessarily going to warrant longevity. And that's just facts. Or the caveat to that is you could quickly go viral and and build an audience. And there's kind of ways to cheat that and cut corners, but you are going to sacrifice a lot. So one of the big things on TikTok is TikTok is kind of looked at as like a, just like post everything and anything. And 
as someone who's 35 years old, that sounds like my little worst nightmare. Like, you know how I am, Mariana. Like, I keep my business, like, cue. I'm a very, like, strategic and methodical in what I share and what I don't share. And um, unfortunately, that also does mean slower growth, but it also means longer growth. It means an audience that's super respectful and they admire the fact that like, I don't just like turn on my camera every time something horrible is happening or every time somebody just all of the stuff that you see that is like easy to digest and is sensationalized. Yes. That will get you quick growth. And yes, that will get you more numbers and more engagement. But unfortunately you can also crash and burn like that. And just be like really mindful that like the quick way is not necessarily always the best way or the long way. And just being mindful of that. I totally agree with you because I feel like I'm the same way too. And it's like, I understand that this is my work and my business and there's things that I want to share, but I also don't need to share everything. And then I think like the internet, the way it works is like, if you give them a little bit, they just want a little bit more and then it's never enough. And then you just have to keep feeding it. And then if you don't share it anymore, then the engagement's not as high as it was before. So it's better to just like avoid it altogether. I agree. You want to be cautious of like not making your life the content because also your life can change. And if you don't have anything else to relate to your audience with, then once that life change is is not there anymore, then you're like, what do I do now? Like, for example, relationship, like if your relationship is the whole point of the brand, then like, what if that person is not your forever person? God forbid, you know, you just want to be mindful of that. It would be difficult to navigate. Yeah. And I think too, even if you think about like, how will I monetize this and work with brands? If you're an expert in something that's makeup, hair, skin, fragrance, whatever it is, you can monetize that. But if you're an expert in relationships, it might be harder to find brand partnerships. So also thinking about it as like potential brand partners you want to work with, even that's a helpful thing of being like, oh, okay, yeah, I do want to be an expert in food or whatever it is. I think that's a good point because, you know, the conversation about like, oh, you don't really need a niche and you don't really need to be in a category. While I think there's some validity to that, if you want to make social media worthwhile and worth your time, you kind of do need a niche. And your niche may not have to be something as specific as beauty, but I do agree that like it is kind of important to like solidify yourself or align yourself with some type of category so that people at least know, oh, okay, like, lifestyle, like even lifestyle is like a very vague category and which is fun because like the lifestyle category is new for me, but it is a category nonetheless. So people know what to do when they look on your page and they're like, okay, this is exactly how this person could sell this product to their audience or even utilize this product to their audience because not every relationship with the brand needs to be transactional. But I agree. I just feel like if you're going to be here and if you're going to build something, you might as well make it worthwhile. And as somebody who has a career as an influencer and content creator for so many years, and as a brand who works with creators, I'm just so interested about this industry as a whole. And I always want to learn and keep evolving. Jackie, I was just talking about her niche and how niches are really important. And Alyssa taught a little bit about pillars and how to try to find out what yours are so that you can create content for your audience aligned with your goals. And if somebody wants to figure out what their pillars are, how can they figure this out? And why is this important? Because you were saying before, like you don't want to just post about anything and everything because you do want to give people a sense of what they can expect by following you. So how can you mm-hmm. even figure out what this is? 
So content pillars, again, those are the topics that you want to talk about. So if you're a business owner, right, your business pillars would probably correlate to your content pillars. But even if you're a creator, I want you to talk about things that you genuinely want to talk about. So it really can be as simple as that. Those are the topics that you actually want to talk about and why this is so important and why you do need that structure is because you want to have, again, like kind of what you said, that sense of expectancy. Human beings love to expect things. We don't love surprises. And if you really want to create a memorable brand that comes through, through consistency and repetition, we get that sense of expectancy and then it makes you feel safe. So if you ever heard the term like comfort creator, that's that's where that comes from. You feel comfortable because we feel safe. Like we know we're going to go to your page and we know what to expect. So that all kind of ties in together when you have your why and how and your content pillars, the topics that you're going to talk about. Okay, so let's say we know our pillars. We're posting consistently. We have mm-hmm. quality content. We're giving something to our community. We're engaging with our people. And then our content is just not performing well. What can we do or what should we do or what should we analyze? Yes. And this is so frustrating when it happens, right? All the SEO tips, you're doing all the hashtags, everything. And I've definitely had creators and clients come to me with this. Like Everything looks quote unquote perfect on paper. I would say the majority of the time why this is happening is because they're blending in with everyone else. They haven't honed in on, I like to say their vibe, their superpower, the thing that makes them them. And I think why this is so hard is because the thing that makes you, you, you're not even thinking about it. Like when I say your vibe is your brand, how do you even describe your vibe, right? It's just natural to you. But I think that's what's so powerful about also like working with a creator, just being a little bit more intuitive and self-aware. It really could just be, oh, you do this one thing all the time, or you're always giving off this type of energy. Usually with my clients, I can just point that out and then uh, pick it apart and like hyper focus on it. So if I'm noticing that a client is really like doing everything quote unquote right, usually I'll go, hmm, well, your format kind of just looks like everyone else's. How can we just have a little twist on it? How can we put some little nuances in there that are so you? And it could just be your tone of voice, a little slogan, something related to like the context of the content. It's almost little things like that that do make the biggest difference with your content. But no matter if you want to put yourself out there and start a career as an influencer, if you have something that you're fearful about in your own job that you have, or you want to start a business, there was some really good advice from Simon Huck. Imposter syndrome is something so many young people or people in general struggle with, especially early on in our careers when you're just trying to fake it till you make it. So was there anything that you remember helped you to feel more confident, especially in that time when you're around celebrities and all these people and people you admire? You know, I think. One of the things that helped me, and maybe this isn't a good hack for people, but I was never, I was never too proud to tell people that I was really nervous or that I was really excited. Like I I remember that Jonathan, like in the first couple of years used to like love how enthusiastic I was. Like I was so appreciative and excited to be there and have the opportunity. And I wasn't too cool for school. So like, although that's maybe like not the look, at the time, like, I felt like that's what drew people to me was that I wasn't hiding the fact that I was this excited. Like I was so appreciative of every opportunity, but still like I would walk into meetings and be like, I I don't think I can speak in this meeting. Like there's not a chance anyone cares what I have to say. And you kind of have to push yourself and put yourself in those really 
uncomfortable situations. I mean, the best advice I, I would give myself now, you know, thinking of the 20 year old Simon was like, be uncomfortable all the time. And I'm 39 now. And I don't know if you feel this way too, but I'm not that uncomfortable. Like throughout the week, I don't put myself in situations where I feel uncomfortable. Like, and I want to do that more. Like one of my resolutions for 2023 is like, be uncomfortable, like take on things that scare you or you don't know anything about and try to tackle them because I was doing that every day in my twenties. So those were some of the lessons and favorite things that I've learned in this last year of life with Mariana. I just have to say a huge thank you for listening, subscribing, sharing these episodes with your friends, because this is such meaningful work. And I love doing it because when you guys come up to me or DM me or tell me how an episode changed your life or your habits or inspired you or motivated you, sometimes it makes me cry when I meet you guys because I'm just like, it's so meaningful to me to be able to put out this kind of content that I can just feel a little bit closer to you more than just on Instagram and really spend time with you. 30 to 40 minutes every single week. So thank you guys so much for allowing me to continue to do this and be a part of your weekly lives. And I'll see you guys for next week's episode. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me. And follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.